All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, President and Chief Operating Officer at FinLocker. And today I've got an old friend, not old in age, but <laughs> old in uh, years we've, we've known each other, John Rotilla with OptiFunder. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Brian. And thanks for the caveat on the age thing, although <laughs> not true. I'm getting up there as well. Appreciate yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure you and I track back to like 1992, right around maybe 91 or 92. Um, my first real job out of college and certainly my first in uh, mortgage um, back at uh, Source One Mortgage. Yeah, I always joke uh, prior to that 1991 or 92 that I worked for four different companies and never left my desk. <laughs> right. Uh, with with Manufacturers Hanover, Fireman's Fund, Source One, and ultimately City there for yep. the next uh, 10 years. Crazy times. It's hard to believe, uh, uh, well, it's, frankly, it's hard to believe you and I are, we're still in the, in the business, but we're both now kind of on the vendor support partner side, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a move from, you know, retail production through different channels, uh, and then for me in the fulfillment Kind of vendor side, so still operationally focused on the origination side, and then now a little bit more of a foray onto the tech side, like you. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to, to dig into your role at OptiFunder and, and really into what you guys are doing because I think it's such a um, it's such a cool and needed product and service that you offer. But before we do that, let's let's just talk a little, a little bit about your the journey to OptiFunder, like what, what attracted you to the, to the company and the, and the product? No, yeah, that's great. I uh, spent a lot of years on the origina origination side of the business, either in um, retail for a couple of years and then mostly in correspondent lending. And then from there, spent some time uh, operationally and at a cooperative, learning all different aspects of a business um, and even parachuted in to work on one of the businesses, uh, technology solutions and LOS solution. So had some background in there. Um, throughout those, those latter years, uh, had conversations with uh, Mike McFadden over here at OptiFunder as he was building out what he's built out so far. And it always intrigued me that there's other areas within the business that really haven't been touched. And, um, you know, there's, some massive inefficiencies in how certain things were done. I just assumed after so many years, everything was solved for, or at least <laughs> everything was identified. Um, and it's amazing how people in the industry keep coming up with new things. But Mike, as a, a CFO of an independent mortgage originator, kind of identified the, the issues that we solve for at OptiFunder and spent a, a fair amount of time solutioning with it with people much smarter than me, some university professors and others to come up with the solution. Uh, and as he's doing that over maybe a year and a half or so through another colleague, uh, Brian Abbott, who's over at OptiFunder as the COO, we had been talking about some roles for me and it finally came to fruition just over, you know, six, eight months ago. Uh, so I came on board. Yeah, I, think, I love Mike's story. Um, I love any, you know, tech founder story that literally had a problem in the, in his business life that he that was probably driving him crazy that he wanted to solve for, and so I, I imagine you know I think of the uh, kind of the, the the mad scientist down in the laboratory you know kind of retooling things, but 
I mean, he literally built what is a product today to serve him and his role at the IMB that he was uh, CFO for. And what better way to kind of prove out a product than to use it yourself? And, and um, it's great to see the, the industry start to kind of recognize the, the value of it and uh, certainly getting you in the role that you are is, is going to help, you know, dramatically build awareness and, and, and drive great results for the business. But maybe let's talk a little bit about what the heck the product does and, and who it's who it's kind of pointed at. Yeah. So talking about Mike and his realization of the issue, really what it was, was uh, at a very large independent mortgage banker where he ran finance, he was looking at how they allocated loans to various warehouse lenders right, and how that was managed. And as you know, a, a warehouse lending relationship is critical. And however, they can be quite complex and varied uh, from warehouse lender to warehouse lender, not only the terms, sublimits, rates, everything else that's involved, and juggling all of that to make sure you're making the right decisions either based on managing your cost of capital or your return on equity that you're managing or simply just to make sure that you're managing to each warehouse lender's different uh, characteristics and specifics to manage those relationships. You may have an operating line with, the, with that same bank and you wanna make sure you give that the attention it deserves or some other reason. But to juggle all that, it's really hard to do. And if you're a large independent mortgage banker, you may be using six, eight different warehouse lines. Those are a lot of terms and things to, to keep in mind uh, on a daily basis when you're looking at a group of loans to fund. So what he did was look at how do you take all that information and bring it online and systematically view it all um, with a holistic view and say, okay, on these loans, let's fund them on these lines for these reasons. And those reasons I mentioned before, managing your ROE, cost of capital, relationships, however you want to do it. There just wasn't a method for doing that, so we built out the funder to solve for that. Yeah, I, in my you know simplistic thinking, um, the way I've always thought about OptiFunder was you've got best X for investor selection. Where am I going to send the loans? Who's going to buy this loan? And, and that best X takes in not just price and fees, but many other you know, attributes that are loan level attributes, consumer level attributes. And to your point, there wasn't a similar commercially viable product to do that for where to fund loans, right? And um, I, I remember in past lives that that process in a lot of cases was managed on spreadsheets and um, mm -hmm. sometimes not efficiently or effectively. And you get surprises fees that pop up when you're settling at the back end of a, a sale of a loan, you're like, well, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't contemplate this, this particular fee. And if I had just sold that loan to this line and not this one. So super, it makes a ton of sense that, that you would take this concept of best X from the front end of the process and put it right at the point of funding. And I would even add, it's probably even a little bit more complex than that. If you think about the best X on a, from a, pricing and product eligibility engine, that's static and it's a snapshot in time, meaning today, where's the best place for this one particular loan today based on loan attributes in the market? When you're looking at funding loans, when you have sublimits and other capacity issues that come into play and not necessarily 
overall volume capacity today, that's really not a challenge. Yeah. But trying to balance it all out, funding decisions you make today impact what you're able to do with a pipeline that's moving through and coming at you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So making sure you're meeting all of these uh, use requirements, non-use requirements, everything that's coming into play and not hitting sublimits for jumbo and non-QM. And you know, if you have capacity today and you fund everything on a particular line and you're not aware of the fact that what's coming down the line tomorrow, you might have loans that should go there, but now you can't. So it's a little bit more dynamic than just the PPE model, which yeah. makes it even more complex. And when you consider that interest expense is probably the number two line item expense, it's a big deal that really required a lot of attention. And Mike saw that and the light bulb went off and right. off to the races he went solutioning for it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's so many um, attributes that could go into that analysis. And some of the obvious ones you've already hit on, but you know, one that to me is fairly obvious, but maybe not so obvious is, is dwell time. You know, dwell time by investor. How long does that investor take from the time they receive collateral to the time they fund, right? And that, that all has to factor into the decision on where to put that loan at the beginning of the process in terms of funding. Yeah, there's a tremendous amount of inefficiency in managing just to dwell. Not, not only do we, we manage that by looking at pipeline behavior over time with some machine learning and knowing how long historically things remain on a line, how long they remain in certain milestones to kind of factor in that dwell time as we're making decisions and where to allocate. We know when things are coming off the line, so we know when we can put new things on. But we've also, as a result of feedback from clients, as we've solved this optimization model that says, fund here, the next step is, hey, OptiFunder, can you automate some of the steps that happen after the fact, meaning the funding requests that go off to the various warehouse banks, instead of taking this information and shooting it off here, here, logging into systems and doing all these things, can you help us with that? So those were the next steps that we built out was funding automation, like, hey, fund it here, and then what we'll do in the system is pull all the documents and the data together and send it off to that warehouse bank. And then via the reporting we get back, we'll get the Fed reference number and write it back to your LOS and close that kind of round trip, if you will, on that funding yeah. piece. And if that helps shave off just a little bit of dwell time, uh, cumulatively over time with some of the other things we've built out, just knocking one day off of dwell, is it's probably about, I don't know, depending on the terms of your agreements, roughly, 25, 30 bucks a day per loan. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it to me, um, and that's, you know, not to, not to get into, you know, cutting heads and cutting costs, but there is a, there is a, an element of being more efficient with your resources. And so what may have required, you know, one full-time FTE to just manage that clearing process, maybe that, Maybe that becomes part of somebody's job, but not the only thing they do based on the, you know, based on the size of the organization, certainly. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of now um, job descriptions getting broadened out based on the efficiencies and capacities that they have. Uh, one person's able to do so much more, so they're able to widen out their responsibilities. And really, our thought is today, um, you know, bringing on these solutions, not only optimizing your allocation decisions, but operationally. Uh, taking advantage of some of the things we do. There's going to be a little bit of a bounce in volume at some point. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to fluctuate over time as well. So you really need that 
elasticity and capacity to be able to manage. So if it's one or two people, if we get a little bounce in volume, you don't need to go out and hire another person. That volume's dropped just a little bit, and now you're overstaffed. So this helps in that regard as well. And another thing, you know, we have a lot of loan officers that, that tune in to this, um, this podcast. And so, you know, some loan officers may be like thinking, oh, what do I care about? You know, warehouse optimization. That's, that's, that happens after I've already, you know, locked the loan and et cetera. Yeah. I, I think you need to care. I think every nickel of cost Every nickel of optimization today matters when we talk about putting, being able to structure and put the best combination of price and fees to the street, to, to the rate sheet. And certainly, you know, the cost to manage uh, the, the back office of, of, uh, of cap markets is one piece, but also this, this component of managing the warehouse relationship has a economic uh, factor that goes into daily pricing and every nickel counts today. Never, never more than today, frankly. No. And I think a lot of the times the view on the origination process is through the experience of the borrower. So it starts at yeah. application or engagement or whatever you're engaged with that prospect uh, early on in the life cycle in the funnel, if you will, but typically ends in many cases at closing. Yep. But really, a lot of the costs associated with the f entire manufacturing of that loan happen after the fact, right? Yeah. It's managing that warehouse line and how long does it sit on the line and how are you managing those costs that ultimately get wrapped up into the entire production cost and uh, how competitive uh, you know, a lender can be. Because really, if you're saving 10%, 12%, 15% in your interest expense at some point in time, that allows you to be a little bit more competitive than maybe somebody next door that doesn't have those efficiencies. Yeah. So when, when we think about kind of the landscape of, of lenders uh, that are out there, I, I, for a while, when I thought of Optifunder, I, I always thought it only made sense for the largest of the large, uh, you know, mortgage companies. And since talking with you kind of more about, the product, the service, and the offering, it seems to me that it could be beneficial for just about anybody that manages a warehouse line or a warehouse relationship. Is There's probably a sweet spot, but is it fair to say that there's value in the, in the, uh, in the platform for the largest of the large and certainly the, the smaller to the mid-sized uh, lenders as well? Yeah, I think the, the value proposition, proposition might resonate a little differently as you move up and down that volume scale. And, and what we're seeing is obviously in the really large players out there that may use six to eight, some have 10 warehouse yeah. lines. That's amazingly complex. And even if our savings across the board is small on an individual loan basis, just the optimization, hard stop, no changes to your operations, if we can shave off a certain amount of uh, interest expense, it adds up significantly. Yeah. For the smaller lenders out there, one, you can pick up that optimization efficiency, right? Um, but two, it's a lot of times on the operational efficiencies from you know the funding automation, the shipping collateral tracking stuff we do and purchase advice, reconciliation. You may be teetering between one and two FTE to accomplish a task and that's... Yeah the hard spot to be in because a lot of costs there. 
And then that full suite of automation, if we can just take a day off of dwell time for a portion of your loans, your ROI just on the product, just on the automation is really high, let yeah. alone the savings on the optimization. So a couple of those together, it's, it's pretty powerful. Have you, uh, have you seen an opportunity for, you know, I'll call it the emerging banker, you know, someone that's maybe building their business to a place where they're going to start to leverage, you know, a warehouse line or multiple lines. Is there a play for that type of institution to maybe fast track their migration to that side of the business? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. One, because now you're going to be performing tasks that you've never performed before with funding, shipping and reconciling purchase devices and other things that you've never done. So have a, a all in one platform that accomplishes those tasks for you with a lot of automation makes it a lot easy, a lot easier. You could probably accomplish out of the gates with one person, all of those tasks within our system, they live within the system. Yeah. The funding is automated where it says fund here, you click and fund and the automation sends it off. We will then track the collateral when it's dry and ready to be shipped. You click and request the shipping and that's gets automated off to your warehouse line. It goes to the investor. Once it goes to the investor, we're automatically reviewing and pulling purchase advices with Fannie and Freddie. It's just done by a direct API and with the others. We build out that automation as well. So we pull those in. And then we even reconcile those PAs to say, hey, no variance, you're good. Just write it back to your LOS. Yeah. So all of those tasks, if you do the time motion on those, it's it's a lot of time, right? Yeah. And a lot of people do those manually. But if you look at our system, one person, depending on volume, could accomplish all those tasks. So if you're transitioning from that broker to banker model and you put out the funder in place, it makes it a lot easier to scale. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, because out of the gates, most folks would have to hire multiple people immediately to accomplish those tasks versus bring on the system and do one. And then that way, you know, you're doing it most, the most efficient way possible and your dwell time is going to be minimized as well. So, you know, you're going to save a lot of money that way. Intuitively from my, what I hear as well is potentially I can hire a resource that maybe doesn't have all the experience that you typically would hire if you, if they're going to have to do all of those tasks and instead, somebody that, you know, can interface and work with the technology, maybe you can, you know, convert somebody that's already in your team to, to a new role or, you know, potentially hire someone that's, again, not coming in with years of warehouse management experience, which, you know, A, they're not, it's not like that's a, a ton of those people out there and, and B, they tend to be, you know, higher skilled, higher cost. So it just seems like a, a, a no-brainer for me if I was kind of migrating from that, you know, small, small lender, big broker into, you know, kind of that, uh, you know, non-Dell correspondent type uh, of, of mortgage banker. Yeah. And not only do you get the system to do that, but you got a whole team behind it. Yeah. And we see, you know, thousands and thousands of transactions run through our system and, you know, a multiple of clients doing it various ways. We can share a lot of institutional knowledge with someone that's on the platform as well share best in class kind of solutions and help them get a process set up. It wouldn't be difficult for us at all. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So last question. So as, as you can, you guys are a tech company at, at your core. And, and so like any good tech company, you got to probably have a pretty aggressive roadmap. So 
without giving away what's coming down the pipe. Uh, is there anything that's near term that, that we should be watching out for that you guys are uh, working on? Oh gosh, there's always something up on the whiteboard, right? And always some, <laughs> some dreams about some things we want to create and do. Um, I think fully automating that system from funding through pay down requests on your line really close that entire loop. We have loops within that loop that we're closing, but I think the near the next thing that um, uh, is of interest of us is the whole e-close, e-note solution. Yeah. You think about our platform and what we do and how we automate those processes. Playing a role in that piece is, is uh, something that's near and dear to us as well. We think that's um, probably the next game-changing type of solution that we can bring to the market. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. And you talk about starting to really shave additional time, days off the, the process. It's uh, we're, we're definitely closer than we ever have been to, uh, you know, sadly with, with TRID, we can't get to a same day close, you know, but right. we can get, we can get pretty close to a, a three to seven day close with, with, uh, automation at the top of the funnel, automation in the middle of the process, tools like OptiFunder that support kind of the mid to the back end of the process. So it's, it's getting, uh, it's getting exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch which lenders can put the right pieces of technology together to really drive that, that kind of end to end, uh, experience for, for consumers and lenders alike. Yeah, I agree. And I think there, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done around adoption, right? It's kind of hit or miss here and there. And a lot of people are waiting for something else to happen before they jump in. And yeah. so, you know, we've been working with Mismo and then looking at um, a couple other partners to try and get involved with and, and see about how we connect some of those dots. So we're pretty excited about that piece. That's a, that's a big one for us. Uh, we'll continue to build out smaller pieces along the way based on customer feedback. We're always doing that. We just did one around, you think about our platform, right? And this is kind of the evolution of our thought process. All of the data that we accumulate and everything that we do revolves around a funding. So now we have a wired data check service. Uh, I was gonna go there. Where we, can, where we can look across our entire platform and tell you if we've seen these wire instructions before. Um, and so you can validate against our, our data set and it's just baked within our process. So you don't yeah. have to go outside the system and do anything. It just shows up within there because we've got the data set that allows for it. So some more data-driven type of solutions out there, um, maybe even beyond the IMB market that we've been serving thus far. So those are some of the things that we, we keep an eye on. Love it. Well, I'm super uh, super happy, happy that you were able to join and, and appreciate you coming on and helping educate me on, on OptiFunder, I learned a ton about what you guys are doing and more importantly, what you're capable of doing. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing the story as I'm out talking to lenders of all sizes. Um, so we're gonna put in the, uh, in the post when we push this out, how to get in contact with OptiFunder and you, John. Um, appreciate you coming on today. Always uh, appreciate the long time friendship and relationship and look forward to maybe not decades, but years ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds good, Brian. I appreciate the time as well. Uh, it always goes to show you here as you're building out things and companies pop up, there's always something that can be worked on and improved and we're having fun doing it. And so I look forward to talking to anybody that wants to get a, get a hold of us. We'll show you what we have. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for tuning in again. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.